from the first breath of mankind in the Garden of Eden to a proposal after Hurricane Katrina on a slab where a church once stood. There's a lot that makes mankind special, and we choose to celebrate that ourselves. My name is Chad Moore. I'm the minister to Students and Family Ministries, and this is Beyond the Notes. So we spent our morning this past Sunday in Genesis 2, and we see the genesis of mankind, the beginnings of mankind, not just the the first man created and the first woman created, but the first marriage, the first engagement that happens. And what we see is, you know, as Genesis is rolling out all of creation, we know, because we've seen it in Scripture over the years studying it as Christians, that there is a difference between mankind and the animals. There is a difference. There is not just animal life, and humans are one of the animals, regardless of what our current culture wants to teach us. And we see some of that specialness in Genesis 2, that for one, <laughs> there was a whole zoomed-in version of the creation of mankind that on uh, day six that wasn't done of the other days. There is no zoomed-in um, creation account of day four or day two. It's day six. It's, it's the genesis of mankind, and it begins the entire narrative of the original creation, and it was good. Then we see in three where the, the fall and then the, the entire ministry of reconciliation that transpires through the history of humanity. But we see here from the very beginning that not only was man created on a different day, but created differently, created in the image of God. In, the, in our passage that we looked at on Sunday, we see... Uh, in the reference to creation of, of Adam in verse 7, then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living creature. It's so intimate. It's a different level of creation, literally breathing the breath of life into the nostrils. It's a different level than just, and he said it was cre- Adam was created, and it was so. We see that, that God speaks to Adam and Eve in a way that he didn't speak to the other animals. We don't have all of the accounts of God spoke to the giraffe and told him to do this. He spoke to the gorilla and told him to do this. It's God speaks with mankind. He speaks on a, uh, and communicates and interacts with mankind on a different level. We see even that in that dominion that was given to Adam and Eve, that Adam is allowed to name the animals. There was that... Authority is not given to anyone else. Adam is given the authority to call all of the animals by name and whatever he called them, that's what they were called. He, God hands over that authority. He shares that authority, that dominion over creation with his crown of creation, mankind. And we, we have this sense, we, we know it in ourselves that mankind is different and special. And we usually want to communicate that, that specialness, that love to those that we love. We, we seek to make people feel special. And yes, that can be done in a, in a negative way, in a, in a way that causes problems. But it can also be done in a very healthy way. It can be done in a way of, of loving your spouse or, or, or someone else that you love to, to value them, to speak words of affirmation into their life, to, to build them up and enable them to 
bring glory to God in a, in a better capacity. And I think that's part of where the proposal stories come from, is that we want, um, as, as men, we want to make our woman that is going to hopefully, after that proposal, marry us. We want her to feel special. We want there to be a, a healthy version of, I chose you. I want to spend my life with you. I want to make you feel special and feel feel loved. And as I shared on Sunday, there, there does become some, become some pressure because we're, we're living in a culture that um, those stories are exchanged. And um, people want to know, well, how did you meet? Well, how did you propose? Well, how did this happen? How did that happen? Those stories are ones that we we share over the years. And um, in, my, in my life, I wanted that to be a, a special memory as well. And for a long time, I had no idea how I was going to propose. Um, I, I decided that I was going to propose. <laughs> but then how was I going to go about that was something that I was completely lost on. I'm not much of a romantic person. It's not something that, that that comes to me naturally. It's not something that that I I think about is doing all these romantic things and thinking about things in romantic ways. I'm more of a math person. I'm more of a facts person. And so I was at a total loss for what to do until one day I was listening to my wife um, talk about that the wedding that she had dreamed about as a little girl, she was talking with a friend about it. And I remember um, that she was talking about how she had it all worked out in her mind, that she wanted to get married in her church. She knew exactly what she wanted everything to look like. She had this all planned out in her head. The problem was my wife's church was washed away by Hurricane Katrina. We actually started dating right before Hurricane Katrina. And so that was a, a kind of a huge milestone and emotionally and everything. Our, our dating relationship was went from like zero to 60 because within weeks of us beginning to hang out and go on a date, Hurricane Katrina came through and her family lived on the Gulf Coast of Mississippi. Like I said, her church was literally washed away. It is on um, the beach, I mean, a couple blocks from the beach. And so that picture in her mind of what she wanted her wedding to look like had been washed away as well. And yes, she moved to Orlando, which is where we met. And so it was a, it was a distant um, location from where she grew up. But if that church still stood, that may have been where we got married. And so as she was telling this, this story of, uh, of what she wanted to look like, an idea popped in my head. I'm like, well, maybe that's where I could propose. And so while I may not be romantic, I, uh, I am strategic. <laughs> and coming, for, coming up with a plan and putting that plan to action is, is something that I succeed in more than, than the romantic thought, I guess. But um, I put a plan to action of, you know, we, um, I had bought the, uh, bought the ring, spoke with, um, with her parents, and I, and I told her, I said, you know, um, you know, you've never shown me where your church was. And of course, we had talked a little bit about you know um, getting married, as most couples do before the proposal happens. Um, but yet, she wasn't thinking at all that that was about to happen in that day. And so I said, well, "Why don't you go show me where your church is or was?" And so we, we drove up, and it's just a slab; it's a concrete slab. And we go walking, uh, walking around through it. She's telling me, "Come, this is where this was. This is where this was. This is where this was." I said, "All right, well, sh- show me where we, um, you know, where the stage was." We kind of make our way up to to the stage, and she's you know kind of pointing and and, and looking around, and um, I said, okay, where uh, where would the you know 
Where would the podium have been? Where would the, you know, the center of it be? And we walk over to it and I wait for it to turn around because of course there's gotta be surprise. I don't know, in my head. And, uh, and I wait for her to turn around. And so when she turns back around, I was on one knee and you know asked her to marry me there in the same location, basically where we would have been standing exchanging vows in that picture in her mind of what that wedding would look like. Um, and I cried, she cried. It's one of the very few times actually that I've, that I've cried in my life. I'm not much of a crier. Um, not like, uh, pastor Russell. Um, <laughs> I love you, Russell, but Russell's a crier. Um, and, uh, you know, so that was the, that was the story that was at least good enough <laughs> for her to be able to, um, to share and, uh, and, and she in, continues to enjoy sharing it. Um, much more so than, than how we met because my version of how we met usually involves me saying I tried to run her over with the truck, which is my version and not hers, um, but still true. <clears throat> it was joking though. I wasn't, I wasn't I'm actually going to hit her. But anyways, I am totally digressing now. And so, uh, so that's the story. That was our story of, of how I wanted to make her feel special. That is the story that, as you can tell, I did not have time for on Sunday, but wanted to pass along and... Uh, um, for those who would be be interested, but but that 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 specialness of making our bride feel special is is one that we should never move past. Um, I fail at that <laughs> because, like I said, that's not where my mind normally is. I'm normally based on thinking about the facts, and I have to re- remind myself that there still needs to be some pursuit of making my bride feel special. And I hope there is one, there's a pursuit of that in your life as well. So I don't know if this podcast was interesting to you or, or you find it beneficial. You're welcome to, to share it with anyone that you think would, would like to hear it. But we will join you again next week as we continue in our series of Genesis with Genesis chapter 3.